It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Yo, hey now. What's up? Hey now. All right, all right, all right. All right. We were talking a lot about Matthew McConaughey this morning. He's my favorite. He's on Instagram now, so give him a follow because he's already one of my favorite people on Instagram. He's a lunatic. Like, I love it. What do you think a day in the life of Matthew McConaughey's like? We've all heard the expression, I don't know how that person gets out of bed in the morning. How do they get themselves dressed in the day? Matthew McConaughey is who I think of when that expression gets mentioned because I don't know how he does it. He seems like the type to wake up and be like, Left or right, left or right. Uh, and probably takes 10 minutes to make up his mind. He gets out of bed maybe on the right side. Wanders downstairs naked. Ah, oh, shit, I forgot to put pants on. Yeah, absolutely. And he goes and he ends up just doing something random for the day. Like, you know, I'm going to take a trip to Kentucky because I feel it. Like, And then he just leaves and he fucks off for a week. I bet you it's be- weird to be married to Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he's the type of person who will absolutely go AWOL yeah. for no good reason. Yeah, expect anything. Expect the unexpected from Matthew McConaughey. I love it. Basic decisions like, hey, Matthew, what do you want for dinner tonight? Well, we got to really think about it. And then he'll go into like a full blown, like, uh, you know, brainstorming session on what he wants to eat. Yep, I could see that happening. Is he a stoner? He's a stoner, right? Oh, I think so. I think so. I mean, if he's not, then holy shit. Pot shouldn't mess you up that much. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. I, he's just one of those guys. He's an interesting individual. I'd love to hang out with him for a day. Since pot came up, let me mention this. And, and by the way, coming up in the podcast, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things that have come up on the show in the last couple of days, the live show on 91.5 The Beat. Um, it's amazing now, a year later, how many municipalities in Ontario are starting to opt in? Oh, hey, our council got together and talked about it. And we've decided we're going to allow those pot shops. It's about fucking time. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with you? I'll use the example of my town, Milton. And I don't like to shit on Milton because we've got a great mayor. He's currently the longest serving mayor in the country, Mm -hmm. Gord Kranz. And the town councilors there who are wildly out of touch. Like the fact that they sat there a year ago and actually with a straight face said, no, I don't think we should allow it. I don't think so. It's going to lead to an increase in crime and all that sort of shit. (laughs) You you know, (laughs) you guys are just ridiculous. So now... Now, they've actually passed it. Now they're going to allow a pot shop. Great. Thank you. Good. Because your residents, did you just realize that your residents have been driving to Brampton and Burlington to get their like, weed? Yeah, newsflash, they're still going to find the fucking pot. Yeah. Just because you don't put it in the town doesn't mean it's not going to be in the town. They're like, going to bring it to your town. What, did you think the, there was going to be a mob that opened up an office across the street <laughs> from the pot shop and there was going to be stabbings and shootings? What did you think was going to happen? It's a very old school way of thinking, I, I think. It oh. really is. It's an old school way of thinking. And Milton is not the only town no. to have that happen. By There's the not way. one in Waterloo mm. Region. Not one. Which is shocking when you think about it. Yeah. Isn't it shocking? Crazy. Yeah. In this massive area, there's I not know. a single pot shop. Stop. But they're, oh, we're worried about the crime and blah, blah, blah. There's no fucking crime. Like, honest there to God. There are so many other things to worry about when it comes to our region. That a pot shop coming in is the very last thing to worry about. Well, I'll tell you, because I've been to the pot shop in Burlington, I've been to one in Whitby, and I've been to one in Oshawa. Have all- you really? You've walked inside the doors of all those pot shops? I've never been to one. I'm curious about them. And let me tell you, they are, in a Stoner. lot of cases, boutique style, very highly educated people sure. on, on the product they sell. Mm-hmm. Customer service oriented, friendly, efficient. I can't say enough great things. I've been to three of them, and the way that they operate is fantastic. So now, 
that you're approving it a year after the fact, well, you missed out on all the funding the government was going to give you to allow it in the first place. Right. Great job. You just pissed away thousands of dollars because you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Way to go, fuckers. <laughs> you know, every now and again, I think I should just run. I, cause I know. I, How I, many times do we bring that up and then we end the conversation with, you should just run? Let me tell you something. Here's why. I think I should run because I think that I can bring a common sense approach to many things because I have many lived experiences. And the other reason I think I'd be good at this, whether it's municipal, provincial or federal, I don't need the job. I make a lot of money doing what I do and I would keep doing your guys. He's fucking loaded. Okay, well, it's not that bad. I would keep doing this job just so that I don't have to be a politician for the money. Because it seems like there's too many of these people that are, this is their career and they're fighting to save their career and their livelihood and they'll just fucking kowtow to whoever and do all kinds of things that they know aren't the right thing to do, but they're just begging to keep a job. Mm -hmm. These career politicians have all got to go. There should be term limits on every single elected position in the country. Here, here. That's it. I don't disagree with you. I, and I, like um, I said, a million fucking times, you got it. You should just run. You should just run and hire me on as some kind of an assistant. Yeah, sure. You can do that. If you want to do that, no problem. No problem. Uh, the elementary and high school teachers in Ontario's public system could be in a legal strike position later this month. The Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario says they haven't made any progress negotiating with the government. Well, that's because you don't want to negotiate. Mm-hmm. The government could actually sit across the table and say... You guys want an extra 1%? Here's a 1.5%. You'd find a way to say no to that. Right, because they're trying to prove a point in this particular case. They want a strike. Yeah. They said, long before this process even began, they said, be prepared for a strike fall 2019. And I think, by and large, most people were on to them. As soon as this school year started approaching, and I think maybe even Doug Ford himself said it back in the spring, They've known since as soon as I got elected, maybe even before that they were going to go on strike in the fall of 2019. They told their members, start preparing. There's going to be a strike. And because of that, they backed off on it. They didn't do it September 1st because parents would have been outraged. So now they're waiting a little bit. December, they will likely be on strike. And it doesn't matter what the government gives them. They could give them every single one of their demands. They'll still go on strike for something because they want a strike. And... To be honest with you, if they do it, I really don't understand how the government can let this one go without saying there's too many parents whose livelihoods depend on working and they can't be home looking after Mm -hmm. their kids when they expected that their kids would be in school. So we're just going to declare you an essential service. That's really the way I see it happening. I think it absolutely would have happened back in December if they go on strike. Sorry, back in September. If they go on strike in December, I'd say there's a 50-50 chance they get legislated back to work with the essential service stamp on Are we it. talking both boards here, too? Is this, uh, can you remind me? Well, the teachers in the English Catholic system are voting right now. So okay. we, we should know how they voted in the next couple of weeks. Elementary teachers voted 98% in favor of a strike okay. last so week. So that gives you a good thought. That gives you a good perspective right there, They're right? ready to walk. Yeah. And you know what? Fine. If you guys want to do it, whatever. I mean, it's your right. This is part of the collective bargaining process. Uh, You filed now for your no board report. I know that the 
secondary school teachers already got their no board report. Mm-hmm. That gives them 17 days before they're in a legal strike position. And they don't have a contract. So, yeah, that's fine. You're welcome to walk. It's just this time, I don't know if this is going to fly. I don't know what's that important that you're willing to walk and risk being A, legislated back to work fairly quickly, and B, having that essential service tag slapped onto you so that you can't strike in the future. Mm -hmm. The old expression, is this really the hill you want to die on? And I really don't know if this is a risk worth taking for them. But hey, like I said, it's your right. It is part of the collective bargaining process. If you want to walk, walk. It's just, I don't know how this one's going to end. I've got a few theories, but nobody knows for sure how it's going to end. We had this on the show this morning. Back in August, Microsoft in Japan wanted to test what would happen if they let their coworkers or their employees work a four-day work week mm-hmm. instead of five. And maybe you've had this conversation at your office too, right? Wherever you work. How would it work if we had a four-day work week in uh, here at, say, Toyota? How would it work? Okay, so, okay, we're working at Toyota. Yeah, so it would be, let's say, mind you, Toyota's a 24-hour, you know what I mean, situation. So okay. let's say it was... Uh, manual manual life. life. There you go. Another, Were you going to say manual life yeah, too? Another, That's so random. I was thinking of a place in Waterloo. That big would be employer it. in Waterloo. Okay, so let's say manual life. Let's run with that. And you're Monday to Friday or a nine to fiver. So what it, what would happen is you would have Mondays. Okay, so Mondays are actually a day off. They are considered a weekend. Your operations are between Tuesday to Friday. But you've got to work longer on that Tuesday to Friday to make up for those hours. You just happen to be shut down on a Monday. So instead of working maybe nine to five, Mm-hmm. You might work like eight to six. You could work uh, right. seven to five. Sure. That sort of thing. Whenever the company decides is best. Or maybe you guys rotate or whatever the case is. So you do the math. The eight hours that you're not working on Friday, if you worked an extra two hours on the other four days, there's your eight hours. So here's the benefit to the employees and the employers. Three days off in a row every single week would be phenomenal it'd be better for our sleep it'd mental be better health. for our health mental health absolutely That's a big one because a lot of people feel very stressed it would be better for the environment if there was one full extra day a week without all of those cars commuting 45 minutes to an hour each way so that's great get all those cars off the road then for the company How much time do your employees spend fucking around when they get to work and when they're getting ready to leave work? If you work nine to five, you might roll in there, what, 10 to nine or whatever. Okay. Well, I'm going to put the coffee maker on. I think I'll check my email. Well, just take a look around your own office here. For example, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but at the same time, most of the time when people come strolling in, what do they do? They come stop by the studio. They say, hey, Hey, they're talking to each other at each other's desks. They're making a coffee. They're not doing all this stuff at home so they come prepared and ready to work right away. They're booting up the computer, walking around while they're doing it, chatting it up, not necessarily talking about work things, but all those little in-between things. Or they're on their Facebook page or they're whatever. Because they were busy at home or they slept as long as they possibly could and didn't have time to check the Instagram. And I think that employers need to be honest with themselves on that because some will say, no, mine are very productive. I guarantee you they're not. They're probably on their phone. Well, let's find out what happened with Microsoft over in Japan. They did it for the month of August. Productivity up 40%. They say... Their employees took 25% fewer vacation days than normal because they had a three-day weekend every weekend. They printed 59% fewer sheets of paper 
and use 23% less electricity. Like, that's a great example. This doesn't work in every industry, by the way. No, of course not. Some have to be 24-7 run. If you're a retail outlet, you're probably open seven days a week. Okay, so your regular full-time employees, quote-unquote, they would work Monday to Thursday, and then the part-timers that you've got in Saturday and Sunday now, well, they'd pick up a few more hours. Mm-hmm. But the productivity would be so much better. Right. It's something to think about. If you're a creative, outside-the-box, progressive-thinking company, why not give it a whirl? I think it's a fantastic idea. Test it out for yourself, even if you just do it for a short amount of time. Are you willing to go into debt over the holidays to pay Uh, for Christmas? I don't want to talk about how much it's going to cost. No, I don't want to. No, the answer is no, I'm not willing to. Okay. So we are entering the most expensive time of the year between the presents and the traveling and buying stuff for family and friends for the holidays. Sure. They ask people, are you willing to go into debt, maybe dip into your credit card or your savings to pay for Christmas? According to a new survey, the answer is probably yes, but there's a catch. Only if you're already in debt. If you've got, say, uh, $5,000 limit on your credit card and you owe $2,500, you're thinking, how am I ever going to pay that off? That's a lot of money and I'm just making ends meet month to month as it is. If you've already got debt because you're already looking up a long road, Mm -hmm. you're more willing to go further into debt. So why not make it a three, for example? Let's just make it 3000 on my credit card instead of that 2500 I can do it. It's N- fine. Not a big difference between 2500 and 3000 I'll never pay it off anyway, just making the minimum payments. So might as well just make sure everybody has a Merry Christmas. A lot of people are doing that, and that's the cycle. These credit card companies and these banks with their lines of credit – it's dangerous. It's tough, though, man. Like, I feel for for families because it's it's tough. The price of everything goes up. You are expected to, and you want to give those gifts, right? You want to host those parties and spend the money that you want to spend on having a nice dinner and having people at your house and all the expenses that go along with that. You want all those things. But it is, it's tough when you got to go into debt just trying to do it. From a statistical point of view, men are much more likely than women to go into debt to pay for the holidays. Parents with young children, much more likely to go into debt. And millennials overall. Uh, chances are they've got a lot of debt anyway. I mean, student loan debt is the single highest thing that they have to pay. Mm-hmm. And if you owe 60 grand in student loans, uh, what's another grand for... What's another grand for right. Christmas? That's a that's how a lot of people see it. Man, it sucks though. It's tough. I get it. It's not easy. No. And you want to make those cuts, regardless of whether you go into debt for it or not. Like I think all of us would like to try to cut back on certain things that we spend way too much money on. Sure. In my family, we do it. We don't give gifts for each other as adults. We only give them to the kids. And that's something we started once myself, my brother and sister, we all started having kids. So it was just like, don't get something for me. I don't need things. Guess it for my kids. They're the only ones that really care about it. It seems like there's more and more people willing to cut a deal for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Don't get me anything, so I don't have to get you anything. That's great. You and I have done that for years, though. Yeah, I don't we, buy Kat anything for her birthday or Christmas. We have a great thing going where we just don't do that. Sometimes I'll give a little something to you, but it's like small because I give it to other people, too. Sure. I, you know, like, or you'll do the same. But we don't get each other presents for that reason. It also takes away a little bit of the stress of the season. You don't have to be like, oh, what does Kat want? And I don't have to be like, oh, what should I get Scott? I don't want to scrooge it up too much here, but... 
I kind of see a time where Christmas will eventually be a holiday where you buy something for kids and the adults just get together and eat and drink. Because that's what we really want to do anyway. Does anybody right. really, when was the, like, you don't give a shit, do you? No. I don't. To be honest with you now, as a dad of, of kids who have to work and pay for their school at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, shit, I hope they don't buy me anything. And if they do, I hope they find it on a clearance rack <laughs> that's still marked down 50% and it's under 10 yeah. bucks. You're at the stage now, too, where you might have to start having that conversation with your kids of setting a limit. Like, I remember that stage where we started to work. We were in school, whatever the case is, and we wanted to buy our pr- parents a gift. Because they've always bought them for you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you're at that stage now, too, where I think your kids will try to get you something. So what you got to do now is you got to set that limit now. Be like, you know what? We can get each other stuff. Do not spend more than whatever on me. Or... You know, don't spend anything at all. I don't care. But either way, chill out because it's it's something you can start doing now so that you don't have to worry about it down the road when their gifts get more and more lavish and you're going to have to pony up too, sir. One more thing I want to mention on the podcast. We'll fit it in here. What is the term when you meet someone in real life and they don't look anything like their profile indicated. Is that catfishing? There's a term for that. Well, catfishing, yeah, that's if you're dating, you're talking about a dating yeah, profile. Yeah, let's say you met somebody on like Match or something like that. Yeah, um, catfishing is more of like when they want stuff from you, though. They're not who they say they are. Oh, that's catfishing. Gotcha. But if they're, yeah, there is a term for it. You're right. And because I'm not online dating, maybe that's because I, that's why I don't know the term. But yes, there is a term for it when someone pretends to be. Um, whatever, that look better and they're filtering all their photos and they're also kind of filtering their life, saying they do something for a living they don't or really over-exaggerating what they do for a living, etc. And that's how you got catfished, so to speak. Sort of, yeah. So a guy, (laughs) he's in a lot of trouble. It, It happened in Philadelphia. He met a hooker. Okay. Or he ordered a hooker. Okay, he ordered the hooker, so he knew it was a hooker. Yeah. So he orders this hooker, and she didn't look anything like the ad implied. Okay. So this guy. (laughs) Can you order one like a la carte, or did you like pick based on photo? Do you know? Like not for yourself, but I mean for this web, like was it a website he went through? I assume it's a website. Okay. I don't know. In Vegas, they give you all the little cards, right? And you just call call the girl on the cards. Right. That wasn't what happened here. So this guy. You're an idiot. There's a lot of ways you could handle that. If, for example, you've ordered an escort and she doesn't look anything like the photo, you could say, "Mm, you know what? Sorry, this isn't what I was expecting. I'm just going to say goodbye. And maybe they might be angry because they've traveled to you or whatever. Sure. You could throw them a couple of bucks and say, sorry. And you know what? If it's not someone that you're attracted to, maybe you just give them the full rate and cut your losses and say, get out of here. And that's how bad you don't want them. That's how like, bad you, you know don't what? want them. I don't need a blowy from you. Just uh, get out and take your money. Yeah. This guy <laughs> now facing charges because he ordered a hooker that didn't look anything like the hooker he ordered. So he yanked the fucking fire alarm and the sprinkler system went off <laughs> and flooded the whole building. Why did he do that? Because he thought if it was flooding and everybody had to escape the building, he could just bail and get out of this situation. And not have to... Sp- Spend any money. And not have to face the the wrath of the hooker who has now been called off. Or her potential pimp. Or her pimp. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just be honest, everybody. Just be honest. I don't know what to do. Pull the fire alarm. <laughs> Sometimes... You just got to suck it up and take a hit. You do. Take the loss. Yeah. All right, fine. This was going to cost me I don't know, like a couple hundred bucks. Here's the couple hundred bucks. I don't want to do anything. Just go home and we'll forget this ever happened. 
How bad would you feel as a hooker if someone's like, you know what? <laughs> you arrive, you're feeling good. You're like, hey there, stud. You know what? Fuck that. She doesn't look anything <laughs> like her picture. Here's the money. Just get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> pay you to not fuck me. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button to keep these podcasts coming regularly to your phone and have a good one, everybody.